welcome to the Creepin' It Real Show. <laughs> well, after all, uh, all oh of those shenanigans, after all of those shenanigans, it, it totally has, but after all those shenanigans happen. Your one-stop shop for weird news, spooky, otherworldly, and paranormal shenanigans. After he returned home, Taylor, I heard about this, Taylor immediately murdered his wife by ripping out her eyes and tongue, then tearing off most of the skin from her face, finally strangling their pet poodle. Police found Taylor standing in the street naked and covered in blood, shouting, It is the blood of Satan. We'll take a dive into what's going on in creepy pop culture. Backing up a little kind of got to me. I don't know if y'all have seen Cabin Fever. That one's so good. Yeah. yeah. And they they have all the rashes, you know, on their skin. And at some point, the guy goes and puts Listerine on his dick after he bangs a girl that has. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, put some Listerine on it. He'll be fine. Find the Creepin' It Real show on your favorite podcast playing app. See you on the flip side. Hello, my ghouls. How's it going? Happy. We are officially in October, our favorite time of the year. What could be mm-hmm. better? We Absolutely have a, nothing. We have Alyssa's this is birthday. It. We Alyssa's have birthday, birthday is around the corner. Every everything's mm-hmm. happening. Birthdays. We're all talking at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like there's a little bit of a delay, which I'm like, what's happening that doesn't normally right. happen? But yeah, we got it all. Halloween, most importantly. And, uh, yeah, it's it's a particularly spooky, spooky season, I would say. Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure. The spookiest, honestly. But you know what I'm happy about? All the scary movies are on TV. Yes. yes. And I am indulging you guys. But what I didn't realize, I hadn't watched The Exorcism in years. Oh, yeah, I haven't seen it yet in a years. long time. And it is inappropriate. Yeah. <laughs> it's a real inappropriate role for that little girl to play. Yeah, she says some pretty vulgar stuff. She does, and she does some pretty vulgar things. Oh, yeah. 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 I was shocked, and I was like, wow. Maybe this is why I haven't seen it in years. <laughs> Have you seen anything else spooky lately? Any oh, other for good sure. movies? I watched my fave, The Haunting, from 1965, a classic. A classic. Everybody should see that. That's, like, one of the greatest horror films of all time. I always think of you, Emily, when it's on or when I see it as, like, a a renting option. I'm like, oh, Emily. Yes. Yes. It's Emily's movie. You can't pass it up. You cannot. You can't pass it up. I mean, The the Haunting of Hill House, that book, is, like, everybody's favorite horror you know yes so i think the first movie based off that book and it does a a really great job so we love it check it out the haunting of bly manor starts on friday which is exciting yes cannot wait i'm ready for that (sighs) that's super exciting love this season all the good stuff starts all the spooky shows. I'm sad oh. that we're not going to get an American Horror Story until later on this year. but Yeah. Or early next year, probably. But, you know, I'll, I'll take it. I'll take it at any point in time. So, I'm just going to yeah. get spooked otherwise. 
I've been watching all of the paranormal shows, all of the ghost hunters, all of I've rewatched some of Penn uh, Paranormal State, the one that they did at Penn State University. Cool. And I watched it's like Ghost Adventures, Deadly Possessions or something. Some stupid name. You know, they all have goofy names. But it's about like people who have haunted items and they bring them to Zach Bagans and are like, this is this haunted thing that I have. So it's kind of like it's kind of like a a pawn star show meets paranormal. And it's pretty silly. Pretty silly. (laughs) I think I just got possessed. (laughs) Jesus Christ. Yeah, it's pretty silly, but you can tell that they're like hamming it up for the show. But, you know, if you want to watch some trash TV that's like kind of spooky, which is right up my alley, then do that. Amazing. We love it. Yes. Oh, and Unsolved Mysteries season two is coming back to Netflix. Yes. Fun. So good. You know, I love to solve a mystery in my mind. I love to solve it. I'm still thinking about the case where the, I don't know. Maybe I don't want to spoil things for anybody. Can't remember what episode it was. But basically, the hole in the roof one. Okay, I solved that. I I need people to tell me their (laughs) theories on that. Because they presented some good ones on there. But I'm like, how did it happen? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I showed my whole family. I made everybody sit down and watch it. And then we discussed. Mm -hmm. And that's, I came to a conclusion. (gasps) <gasps> we'll nice. just we'll talk about it later we'll talk about it off off the off the air where we can't spoil it for anybody but I that so. series is so good so good oh, well uh we're the golden ghouls Alyssa, kylie emily and i think it's time to get spooky Ooh. Ooh. this week we got another ghoul talk for the folks out there yes Heck yeah. stories from listeners. Which, speaking of, if you have a spooky story or, you know, anything just unexplained, it doesn't have to be related to ghosts or e- even the paranormal, just something you straight up cannot explain, send it to us at Podcast at gmail.com. We're, we're running through our backlog of stories and we're going to need some, so... Yeah, and I know well, uh, I know quite a few of you out there have some, and, and I you're know. just we're just been waiting. I know it, and people all the time are like, "I have a story I want to share." Stop dilly dallying and get on the computer <laughs> and write it down. And people are like, "Well, it's so long." I'm like, first of all, first of all, we love that. Second of all, if you don't want to type it out, I understand. Send us a voice memo. We will play it. We've done it before. We will yeah. do it again. Yeah. Or if you want to get extra special and be like, look, I got to talk one-on-one with you fools. We'll do a call uh-huh. in. We love uh-huh. that. Yes. If you Absolutely. have been like haunted for really years fun. and years and the story just goes on and on, freaking email us. We can set something up. We're not afraid to do it. Okay. Well, with that Never said, I think I, I think I will kick it off for us this evening with a, a little tale from our friend Emily, 
Another Emily. Oh, what about this one? Love your name. It's a gorgeous name. It's a classic oh my God, right? name. <laughs> it really is. I mean, I have so many great friends uh-huh. named Emily. They're all beautiful and wonderful. So yeah, I'm honored, man. Right? You really cannot go wrong. <laughs> All right, here we go. Emily says, I have plenty of stories I could submit, yet one in particular stands out. This story is not a scary one, but it will stay with me for the rest of my life. When I was younger, my grandpa was my hero. He worked extremely hard for all he was given in life, and he did not lack the same work ethic in his children and grandchildren. He fought in World War II and helped build a small town in Orlando, Florida, which remains today. My parents did not enroll me in childcare. Instead, they had my grandparents babysit me. This relationship, which started early on, became an extremely close bond. Ah, I understand that because my grandparents also took care of me because they own their own business. So I just hung out with them all the time. But it is very special to get to spend that much time with your grandparents. Yes. We love those sweeties. And, and wait, he, he made his own town in Orlando? Yeah, it says he helped to build Is, a small town in Orlando. I wonder if it was Disney World. <gasps> Do you think <laughs> her grandpa built the oh town of Disney World? All right. <laughs> Emily <knows>? goes on. <laughs> we, if, if it's the case and we can get into <laughs> Disney World for free, I mean, this sounds Emily. like a hookup. Please let let us us know. know. Emily goes on to say, When I started kindergarten, my grandfather became sick with hepatitis, which we found out was common among men his age that fought in World War II as well. The ironic part was this illness was brought about by a simple overseas injection to prevent the military men from contracting diseases. No. My grandpa eventually fell into a coma and was put on hospice care. A month into his coma, my grandmother, sitting beside his bed during the night, described seeing small twinkling lights at the foot of his bed. When examining these lights closer, my grandpa suddenly sat up and spoke to these lights, saying, I'm not ready to go yet. Again, he instantly fell back into a deep sleep. What? I just got chills. Yeah. Whew. (laughs) Fast forward two weeks at 11.30 p.m., our house phone rings. It was my grandma. My grandpa had passed away. Again, she retells the the family the story of seeing the twinkling small lights at the foot of the bed and hearing a faint, I love you, Faye, along with one last deep breath. At that moment, the lights were gone along with my grandpa. My parents decided to go attend my grandma and left my brother 12 years old and myself eight years old home of course we were both told not to leave our beds and they would be back in an hour they really trust those young kids huh (laughs) so what do young children do when their parents leave we got up of course and went to watch tv as we were watching the tv our doorway into that room began to become so bright with white light that we were unable to look directly at it It was the kind of white light that was bright, yet it did not hurt your eyes. My brother and I, in shock, staring into the doorway, then saw a figure beginning to appear. A man in a long white robe with his hands stretched over his head. This man was our grandpa. 
the same man who was laying in my grandma's house, the same man who had just passed away. My grandpa smiled at my brother and I and slowly brought his hands down to his sides. The moment his hands met his sides, he vanished. No longer was there any bright, beautiful white light, but there was a sense of peace and love that seemed to encompass the room. I will never be a non-believer of the afterlife from now on. Whichever version you decide to believe, mine is heaven and my grandfather is there waiting for us. He is there, happy and pain-free, surrounded by peace, love, and warmth. I know he came that night to say goodbye to us. Until we meet again, Grandpa, maybe this story inspires others to believe that the paranormal and supernatural are not just demons and ghosts. Thank you for listening, Emily. Oh, Oh, my gosh. And 100% Emily. Tearjerker. I know. I'm, like, weepy. I kept having to hold, like start sentences again because I was getting a little bit choked up but that's so special what a beautiful a what a light and a beautiful light I I hope that um you know he comes around more in other ways I know I'd like to know if he has ever appeared in other ways um I know that our loved ones will give us small messages from from the other side. So, uh, Emily, you're going to make me cry, my lord. A real angel, Emily. We love it. <laughs> so special. Okay. Well, I have one here from another beautiful name. Fatima. We know her. We love her. We love. We love. We do. All right. This is what Fatima said. She said, hi, ghoulie ghouls. Here's a story. No pictures to accompany, unfortunately. Be thankful for that, though. Ha! I have had sleep paralysis many times in my life. Typically, I'll wake up or snap into reality between 3 and 4 a.m. What is it with this time, anyway? Let's just say the movie The Exorcism of Emily Rose completely messed with my head. (laughs) Usually, (laughs) I mean, same, right? All of our heads. Usually I'll hear voices or sounds that I would link, think are spaceships. The way, they, the way I would imagine a UFO to sound. Anyway, on this night, my experience was different. My eyes opened. I couldn't move. This feeling is startling in itself. Couple that with the clear knowing that you aren't alone. I was laying on my side and could see the window, which is in front of my bed. Leaning on the windowsill of this window was a freaking woman. She stood there with a white and red sweetheart dress with no straps. Black hair that was in an updo and this smile bearing her teeth. No. Uh No. (laughs) Emily's out. (laughs) I just can see her. And like, what what are you choosing at, man? (laughs) all right as i'm seeing this woman before me my panic is so extreme because i can't believe and move the more my panic increased the closer she came it was like my increase in fear was giving her the strength to move oh god Uh. when she got inches away from my face 
Oh my God. I was able to scream and move my body. And just like that, she was gone. And of course, the time was 3.04 a.m. Darn this time. It took me a number of nights to get back to normal because I was deathly afraid to fall asleep. I'm happy to report I haven't had sleep paralysis since this experience. However, now I fear I may tonight. Dun, dun, dun. (gasps) I close out here (laughs) so I can do a spiritual cleanse, LOL, or perhaps call an exorcist. Now I'm freaked out. Good talk. See you, chicas. Dude, man. <laughs> what what a total turnaround from the last lighthearted, sweet story. Holy <laughs> shit. No. Dude. You know, we can, we I can always count so on much. Fatima. Yes. I know. And I hate this so much for you, man. I would die. <laughs> <laughs> there oh was God. somebody just smiling like that in my window seal. No. no, absolutely not. And the thing that you said about feeling like your fear was giving them power, I've actually heard that about entities before is like they can feed off of that. I mean, they feed off of energy in general, but they can really feed off of that fear. And it's like, jeez. Oh, you know what? You I'm- know what her story reminded me of was just like this one time. My dad used to put me to bed to this story. He's a real creepy man. He used to tell <laughs> me that his um, he had these uh, invisible friends named Piggy and Witchy. Yep. Mm-hmm. And Piggy and Witchy would stand at the end of the of his bed. And I'm just picturing because Piggy was the little boy and Witchy was the 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 nanny. I'm just mm. picturing nanny standing there smiling at me. Now, man, I'm uh. gonna go to sleep with these dreams. You've done it. Uh, yeah. No, that was quite frightening. And, like, the level of detail that you saw is, like, ah! I don't want to see her. Yeah, it's a bit too much. I'd rather have the details be in, like, 2D or, like, 3D, <laughs> not for no. uh, 4D. We don't, yeah. need, we don't need the full effect. Good God. Yeah. I wonder... I, ha- I wonder... Have you seen that woman anywhere else? Do you know who she mm. might be? I I need to know more. We need to find out who she is. That's right. a good question. Let's, let's see what we can find out. All right? Whew. You all right? I'm sweating. <laughs> I'm sweating. I'm going to dream about her tonight with her freaky teeth. For real. <laughs> what are you smiling about? Mm-hmm. Ah. You're never fully dressed without a smile. She just starts breaking out in that song. Mm -hmm. And she's like, I I know the people jumped from the window seal. God, I wish the people could see the move, the dance that I just did. It was like a a weird hoedown. (laughs) Why don't you record it? Record it later. Post it without any explanation. No. No one needs to see this. You guys don't need to know about my secret dance move. That'll be something for... Maybe I'll give it to the patrons. The secret dance moves. Mm-hmm. 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 There's an idea. <laughs> All right. Wow. That was a ride. You that guys, was a journey. 
You guys ready for the finale? It's a long one. I'm the ready. finale. See, we love the yes, long yes. ones. We do. We do. And of course, my internet's being wacky today, but let us pray that, <laughs> you know, everything lines up in the end. Uh, but this story is from my friend Brandon. I'm friends with um, him and his wife. And he's been mentioning having a story for quite some time. And he's like, it's just really long. I need to, you know, take the time to sit down and really write out all the details for you guys. So finally, at last, we have one of one of two really spooky stories that he's experienced. And they're both history civil war related, which you know I love. Mm. All right. I will tell the first and best one now, and I'll write the second one up later. A little background, and then I will dive in, but this is by far the craziest thing I've ever experienced as far as the paranormal goes. I've always loved American history, probably more than most normal kids. Instead of Disney World and theme parks, all right, that's the second mention of Disney World this evening. (laughs) So instead of theme parks, I used to drag my parents to Civil War battlefields for vacations when I was 10 years old. One of us. Yep. (laughs) I spent my childhood putting on neighborhood reenactments, making homemade uniforms, setting up little army camps in my backyard, and inviting teachers from my school for presentations, and they actually showed up. I earned the nickname Gettysburg after I embarrassingly did this crazy over-the-top presentation on the subject in history class. The point is... Such a long nickname. Gettysburg. Gettysburg. Yo, Gettysburg! (laughs) I like it. I love it. Just rolls off the tongue. (laughs) You guys can call me that anytime you want. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, the point is, history, especially Civil War history, has always fascinated me. It's a lifelong passion of mine to this very day. In 2013, I joined an Ohio Civil War living history unit based in Columbus. Living history is the cool term for reenacting. I feel less of a dork using this term. (laughs) If you've never been, so it's like cooler LARPing, or not like cooler LARPing, but like a little more intense, a little more serious, you guys aren't battling. Well, yeah, you are. Hmm. I'm going to have to look this up later. Living history versus LARP. Well, LARP is, if you've n- LARP is not live action role based play. in based in truth, though. <laughs> really, isn't it usually fantasy. Oh yeah, I guess that could be the difference, huh? Whereas, like live history, <laughs> is they're reenacting like specific battles. Usually, there we go. There's our answer, folks. What would that I do without her? Wrong. <laughs> I, I don't know much about either. I but. think you're right. I think you're right. If you've never been to a reenactment or a living history event, it's basically volunteer historical interpreters in full uniforms portraying the life of common Civil War soldiers. We do battle demonstrations for the public, as well as camp life, drilling, marching, etc. We represent an Ohio company that actually existed. We wear wool uniforms based off of museum examples, even down to the very stitching. We sleep on the ground, in the cold, or the heat, just as they did. I've nearly gotten hypothermia after doing a 12-mile march in the freezing, pouring, late-fall rain. 
I got Lyme's disease once while sleeping on the ground in the muggy summer Georgia woods. Over the period of a weekend, I've eaten nothing but a few potatoes and a small slab of meat. Why put yourself through this self-inflicted torture, you ask? Because it's awesome. When you're in the heat of a battle, and as far as you can see, on both sides of you is a long blue line. There's so much smoke. It's loud. Everyone is yelling. You're hot. You're sleep-deprived. Dirty. And covered in black powder. But for a split second, you actually forget it's 2020, and your mind and your body is tricked into thinking it's 1863. That's why a lot of guys do it, to actually live history, to feel, smell, and hear what they felt, to escape from the, at times, mundane modern worlds, and most importantly, remember and honor the men that fought to preserve our nation 150 years ago and relive a little bit of what they experienced. Dang, I'm loving this. (laughs) This is where the hobby gets supernaturally interesting. When you are doing these type of events in mass numbers, at times three to 10,000 participants or more, sometimes on the actual battlefield itself, where so much energy was expelled, where mass death occurred in horrific numbers this country has never seen since, something has to be stirred up, right? There are veteran reenactors, much older than I am, who, when the public leaves and we all sit around the campfire late into the evening, have told more than their fair share of weird things that they have seen, heard, or felt over their career in this unusual and interesting hobby. As for myself, at the time, I could have looked you straight in the eye and told you I had personally never seen, heard, or felt anything. However, that was until the fall of 2016 when I had my first real encounter. I'm taking a sip of water. Hold on. Oh, I can't even wait. I'm on the edge of my freaking oh, seat. I know, I know. Also, oh, no, I, feel like, I feel like Kylie should get into this and uh, reenact something. Oh my God, something. absolutely. Sounds right yeah. up your alley. I'll be an accused witch. She loves a there costume. You she loves you're, the You're history. in the perfect spot. <laughs> I'm, I'm a child actor. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Most of the time, these reenactments happen on private farmland, usually near a national park or notable battle site. Due to federal law, we are not allowed to carry firearms on national park property, even reproductions. Therefore, most reenactments happen off-site and away from the actual battlefields. However, sometimes there are exceptions, as was the case of the event I'm about to describe. It was October of 2016, and my unit traveled to Perryville, Kentucky, to commemorate the 150th anniversary of the Battle of Perryville. It was a three-day event starting Friday and ending on Sunday afternoon. This battlefield was different in that it was state-funded and owned. Therefore, the reenactment happened on the actual battlefield itself. Quite a rare event. To make this even more personal, my great-great-grandfather fought on the very ground I was walking and sleeping on. Talk about a crazy connection to the past. On Saturday, after a long, chilly day of drilling, marching, and the big battle reenactment in the afternoon, the camps closed to the public around 5 p.m. We made dinner, cleaned our weapons, and generally just unwinded for the evening. Many were discussing the day's events and how a very, very cold evening awaited all of us, 
with forecasts projecting temperatures dipping into the mid-upper 30s. After dinner and sitting around the fire for a while, myself and two other pards, that's Civil War lingo for pals, decided to go for a walk around the battlefields before getting ready for bed. Or if you will, one last hurrah before ultimately laying on the ground covered by a couple of blankets and probably freezing to death. By now, it's going on 10.30, 11 p.m. Most everyone is asleep or getting ready to go to sleep. As Revel sounds at 6 a.m. sharp the next morning. Bundled up in our blue wool coats, the three of us begin our late evening stroll into the darkness. We walked farther and farther away from the camp until the distant sounds of laughter and low-speaking voices faded away. Eventually, we were surrounded only by complete silence, except for a little moonlight, complete darkness. Let me tell you, being on a Civil War battlefield in a uniform that late at night, alone, on the anniversary of the event itself, 150 years later, is a pretty eerie feeling. The ground literally vibrates energy. Civil War battles, as noted by the soldiers and diaries, cover the full spectrum of human emotions and suffering. And the expelled energy they describe by thousands of boys and men can still very much be felt if you visit some of these sites. Not to mention the hundreds of hastily dug graves with bodies still unaccounted for, buried directly underneath your feet. We continued walking in a reverent silence. Every once in a while, we would come up to a marker or a monument, dimly illuminated by a bit of moonlight, and one of us would stop to read. It further drove home the eeriness of the place, as they usually describe the action that was taking place directly in front of us from various soldiers' accounts. One read, Such obstinate fighting I never had seen before or since. The guns were discharged so rapidly that it seemed the earth itself was in a volcanic uproar. The iron storm passed through our ranks, mangling and tearing men to pieces. The very air seemed full of stifling smoke and fire, which seemed the very pit of hell, peopled by contending demons. To paint a picture of the landscape we were walking across, as far as you could see on all sides was rolling Kentucky farmland. I knew any dense woods or roads were miles away because we had trudged earlier that day into the battle, retracting the steps of the original units in their marching routes. By now, we had been walking for a good hour and were completely isolated and alone, at least two miles or more from the Union camp from which we started. At one point, as we approached another marker, I walked up and began to read. Thankfully, one of the other guys had brought a small flashlight in case we ran into trouble, so I asked to see it. The other two guys sat down on the cold ground and started complaining about their feet hurting. I was still reading when one of the guys quietly spoke up and said, What's that? As I turned, I was quite startled to see the silhouette of what looked to be a man walking out in the field from where we just came from. A bit of fog from the sudden temperature drop had begun to form over the ground, and I could make out just enough to see that it was indeed a person from the knees up. My first thought was someone from camp or another friend was tagging far behind us and we just didn't know it and was now fumbling in the dark trying to find us. Or maybe they were just lost or going on a walk as well. But something felt off. The more my eyes focused and the longer we watched this figure, 
the more detail we started to see. We all agreed whoever this was, he was wearing a Confederate gray uniform with full gear. When I say full gear, I mean 20 plus pounds of additional equipment that usually we drop immediately after a battle. Knapsack, bedroll, cartridge box, haversack, musket. Equipment you would be wearing on a long march, but very unnecessary to have outside of public view and after hours. It's just impractical, especially at 11 p.m. in the middle of nowhere when no one else is around. You first try to and explain away things like this with normal, logical thoughts. However, I just kept thinking that we were miles away from camp, heading in the complete opposite direction, and we were five or more miles away from the Confederate camps, which was on the farthest end of the reenactment site. The Union and Confederate camps are in two different opposite sections of the battlefield. The fact that this guy was walking alone in full gear miles from his camp and walking in the opposite direction, away from everyone and everything, was very, very odd to me. The guys were still sitting on the ground, myself standing at the marker. We continued watching. The man remained out in the field, just walking, facing forward, unmoved, undisturbed, like on a mission, on a quest. We continued observing. One striking thing is that he looked like he was walking forward, but never actually going anywhere. We would say, look, he's not passing that tree out there. It just appeared that whoever he was was stuck in the same spot, moving, yet not really going anywhere. After watching this for about 10 minutes, we decided we were going to, bravely, walk out towards him and see what exactly was happening. As we got closer, I realized the fumbling I mistook for him not being able to see, looked more like he was tripping or falling forward, over and over and over, like it was a continuous loop. Over and over. He would walk, then fall forward. This went on over and over again. The other interesting thing was that even though we were walking straight towards him, we could never get close enough. It always kept the exact same distance away from us. We were now well beyond the historical marker we had just walked from, nearly crossing another section of the fields, but we're also well beyond the original focal point, the small tree we used to compare the ground he was gaining, but still could never get close to it. As we would move forward, he, I know I keep saying forward with a Boston accent, <laughs> forward, he would keep the same distance from us, we were now basically following this thing as it continued to be on a never-ending loop. Marching, tripping, falling forward. Marching, tripping, falling forward. Or as one of the guys later put it, marching, being shot, falling down wounded. We finally just stopped and watched, completely baffled. Was someone messing with us? Was it our eyes playing tricks on us? Was it a bush or a tree illuminated by the moon and casting a shadow? Some sort of weird illusion? Were we losing our minds? <laughs> the answer remained no to everything we tried to answer away with logic. We could see details. We passed the original location. It was moving. At that point, we decided to head back to camp and bring a couple of other guys out with us to witness this phenomenon. It was worth waking a few others up because something very weird was happening right in front of our eyes, and we all knew it. 
As we turned and started walking back, something inside of me said to turn around one more time. I completely forgot that I had the flashlight in my pocket from earlier. I took it out, and I shone it in the direction where we last saw the figure. It was gone. There is absolutely no one and nothing in sight. The original focal point, the tree, was there, but as far as the light reached, it was darkness. Now we knew, without a doubt, we had witnessed something paranormal because whatever was there just seconds ago that we just watched and followed, with detail, was completely gone. We headed back to camp in a kind of stupefied, excited, shaken up, freaked out sort of way, but also trying to rationalize what just happened. As much as I didn't want to believe what we saw, I went to bed that night pretty much accepting that we had come face to face with an actual physical apparition of a Civil War soldier. I was surprised that none of it was really scary. More of a, I can't believe this is actually happening sort of way. I've since read about residual hauntings, and I have no doubt that's what the three of us witnessed that night. Why it decided to reveal itself to us in that moment, it's hard to tell. Regardless, I've told this story many times, and it's something that will stick with me for the rest of my life. I'm attaching a few photos to help paint the picture of what I'm describing. The first photo is Perryville National Historic Site. The second photo is a marker on the battlefield, much like the one I paused to read when we saw a figure in the field. The third photo is a cool photo taken over a unit on Saturday morning before the dawn battle. The fourth is a photo of me and the two guys who were with me just before the Saturday afternoon battle. This photo was taken the day of the sighting. The fifth photo, a wet plate tintype we had made on the battlefield Sunday morning. I'm in the front row with a banjo. <laughs> Let me know if you have any questions. Hope you enjoyed it, Brandon. Woo! That I would like to see mm. on the History Channel. <laughs> wow. Well, well, first off, the pictures are great, so we can definitely share oh, those yeah. on Instagram because I know Absolutely. people are going to want to see them. But throughout the story, I was like, this is a residual haunting. This is a residual haunting. Like, mm-hmm. um, And the thing yep. about residual hauntings is... They're not intelligent. So it's basically just replaying itself over and over again. Um, so that that thing didn't know that they were there. Wow. Right. Like an it echo. Means, an echo of the past. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Which is like so cool. Right. So yeah. cool. Dope. But oh my, I would be terrified, I think. Yeah. I mean, even though even though residual hauntings are not intelligent and they're just kind of like a, a replaying of the past, it's like, whoo, spooky. Mm-hmm. I started to picture what he was explaining. Same. In my head. And like the more I pictured it with more detail, the more creeped out I became. <laughs> yeah. I mean, just imagine like I really can't imagine seeing something like that. Yeah. But I love that Brandon had had this experience with such a passion that he has to have something so specifically related to his passion yeah happen that's awesome so I, that oh my gosh i want to know the him. second story i know i was about to say <laughs> brandon you're a great storyteller and that like yes like kylie said i could just picture everything but i'm so excited for your second story because whew, 
That's a spooky one. I've also been seeing a lot of videos online recently of um, spirits like on battlefields and stuff like that. Um, and I'm almost wondering if it's happening more because like tourists haven't been there. And mm. so they like are really feeling themselves and they're feeling confident um, or what. Because I know a lot of things have been closed up until recently. So people have been posting so many videos online of just weird stuff. And it's usually employees of these places who are like, I'm the only one here who is this and then, yeah. figure in the distance. So the ghost is like, feeling myself, feeling, feeling myself. Yeah, they're confident. They're like, no one's here. I'm going to go about my business. Ooh. I get it. So, I'm yeah. also like that with mortals. Like, I don't want to. I don't want to be around you. No, no, I absolutely don't. I had to laugh so hard because the other day I placed a a, a clothing pickup order from Nordstrom and I was grabbing my bag and this really cute older couple came in the store behind me and were like, you would have thought that they were going into surgery the way that they put the hand sanitizer on their all the way up to their elbows and they were just like it it was seriously like they were scrubbing in it was hilarious but the older woman um she saw someone with their mask like pulled down under their nose and she screamed Mm -mm. put on your fucking mask oh (gasps) amazing i was like yes queen okay yes i don't want to see people but i do want to be your friend like yeah, she gets honestly, it. she's like, she's like, I don't have a lot of years left. My husband's still alive. I'm absolutely not going to risk one of y'all killing me sooner than I should go out. But I also deserve to go to friggin' Nordstrom. She did. She That's needed her. a treat. I, I respect it. Yeah, she was <laughs> out doing her thing. But uh, it was, God, they really, I really, you would have thought they were going into surgery. They were put in that hand sanitizer everywhere. Respect. <laughs> Mad respect. Respect. But yeah, I don't want to hang out with people, but I do want to know her. Absolutely. I want to bring her everywhere with me so she can scream at people. <laughs> uh, wow. What a spooky round of stories. Thank you to everyone who submitted. I saw a, a ghoul talk story come in as we were talking. So um, Ooh. I'm cool. pretty excited for for that because it's from Eamon who we know Amen. has spooky stories so yes. it's just a little a sneak preview of what's to come on the next ghoul talk y'all exciting Is there anything else we, we want to say to the peeps um, we'll keep people updated on the possible patron Halloween party yes. oh yes yeah. yeah we're locking in the date um, but it will be later in October and we're taking next week off to do our own spooky things. But uh, mm-hmm. I am going to be at a haunted location next week. So I'm going to give you all some spooky content in the form of maybe a little tour of the place that I'm at. So so stay tuned for that. We'll yes. miss you all next week. But, you know, it's spooky season. We have some, some of our own spooky Exactly. Let's go get on.